State Hustlers podcast. We're going to be talking with Jeffy Stump, founder of Seville Properties. Jesse began his real estate investing journey in two, 2013 when he, him and his wife purchased a duplex on the other side of town and held it into their, their previous primary residence as a rental. Over the next decade, Jesse began developing a diverse portfolio of residential and commercial and multifamily properties. Jesse has achieved financial freedom just before his 40th birthday and is now excited about what his life can look like as he begins to scale back on his nine to five job. Jesse, we're, we appreciate you coming on talking with us. If you could, please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, so we started out, like you said, in, in our bio in um, it's 2013. We had just had our, uh, our son. You know, we were looking for a bigger house and a, and a better school district like most people. And as we were beginning our search, uh, we had just kept seeing this really quirky house on the other side of town. Um, if you can envision it, it literally looked like someone plopped a 2006 apartment on top of like a 1950s uh, single family home. And, you know, it'd been on the market about a year and we just couldn't get our minds around it. And um, I just thought more and more about it and the gear started to turn. You know, I thought if we could rent this nice apartment out and move into this lower level, renovate it, uh, make it our own this could be a really awesome thing for us. It, it kind of precipitated the, the thought of then, well, we could hold on to our single family home uh, as a rental that we're moving out of and could be a really great way to, to upgrade our living situation and really drastically reduce our living expenses. Um, so it was a higher price point than we were looking, but it, it was became feasible uh, because of that rental income. Yeah. And so that was really the beginning for us. That, that, was the light bulb, uh, just the power of real estate and how you can leverage it, um, the rental income benefits uh, that really got us started. And you can, um, you can use the, um, the other tenants income with your income and really qualify for a bigger, uh, bigger starter house or duplex quad, uh, which is a, just another huge, huge way of getting in and um, uh, creating passive income and a free place to stay, house hacking. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, and that was, we, we did that. And, you know, I've since uh, become a big fan of bigger pockets podcast, listen to it, you know, they use that term a lot, but we, we had done it and it, it made sense before I had really even knew what, what the word was, but yeah, house hacking essentially yeah. is what we did. Absolutely. And it's smart. It's, uh, it's getting started and um, kind of see how things can quantify. So um, you answered my first question, how do you get started investing in real estate? Second is how did you make the initial leap from residential to commercial real estate? Yeah. So after we had this first foray, saw the power of, of, you know, the investment income, and then it started to develop uh, just a comfort level with our single family home that we had been renting. We started to look for some opportunities to buy a true investment property. Uh, did the, you know, save 25% thing over the next, you know, few years in 2016, we bought our first single family home that we plan to renovate and make a true rental. So we did that. Uh, things went pretty well, but afterwards, you know, it was a couple hundred dollars a month in additional cash flow. We had sunk this 25% down that we had spent, you know, a couple years saving. And it just, we saw the benefits, but it just didn't feel scalable. Yeah. And so kept trying to think of different ways that we could 
open the horizons, I guess, as far as types of properties, types of properties that could potentially cash flow more. And we were actually, we did end up uh, going in, we were a second offer on another single family home that made a lot of sense for us as a rental. Uh, it was right up the street from that first home that we had. We were in there as a second, a backup offer. And this property popped up, uh, just was kind of randomly reaching out to, to some property owners and uh, property management companies that were, were listing some properties for rent. And there was a it's half of a duplex. It was a commercial cleaning company as a tenant on the first floor with a residential apartment on the second floor. And so we had at this point, no experience in commercial properties, but I felt pretty good about the location and the, you know, the residential apartment up above. I said, you know, if we can keep that apartment rented, that's the break even for this property. And this commercial cleaning company, their local fixture in our area, they're, they're stable. I felt good about them as a tenant. I said, you know, I, I trust that we can handle the residential piece and we'll figure out the commercial tenant piece if, if this tenant ever leaves. Anyway, we've, we've owned that property for a number of years now. Uh, it's just been great for us. And it was really the first time that one, it opened my eyes to the power of multi-unit, right? As far as scaling uh, cash flow, And then it, it really just was our first step into dealing with commercial tenants and understanding what they want and are looking for motivation is very different from a residential tenant, but yeah, getting that experience and then also, you know, commercial lending versus residential, very different. Right. So it was really getting to go through that for the first time on a property that it felt comfortable enough because of the residential piece that we felt it wasn't a major leap for us that, that really uh, opened, opened the doors to having us look at all kinds of different deals moving forward. Yeah. And and commercial tenants are, are, Totally different than residential, like you just said. Um, for the better and for the worse, either either or. But um, it, it is their livelihood. It's their business. It's how they 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 make money, support their family. So usually the rents on time and it's there. But in the same aspect, if it's a, a negative rent revenue business for them, then it can go opposite direction. But um, it, it, as long as like you you had said uh, the break even point. So uh, that's the, to me that one of the most important parts of of investing in real estate is the underwriting, knowing what your break-even point is. Um, how did you, what what connected the dots of you being able to underwrite a property to know if it's a good investment or a bad investment? Um, how did you get that knowledge? Just started, uh, you know, like I think a lot of people start creating your own kind of spreadsheets, right? Running numbers on mortgages and starting to get a feel for what rent, you know, it's going for in the area, both on the residential side. And then with this specific property, she had a long-term lease in place. Uh, so that was made it kind of easy, but yeah, just starting to develop a comfort level with the rents in your area, understanding, uh, the market, as far as the way that a commercial lender structures, their mortgages, very different, uh, from, from residential. And yeah, I've gotten to a point over time where I can analyze a property you know, 20 minutes, I can determine whether or not got some simple rules of thumb that say, Hey, this is worth looking at further. And then in 20 minutes, I can plug in some numbers and determine if it's even viable to move forward as far as potentially approaching the owner or putting an offer or whatever. Yeah. Back of the napkin analysis. And yep. um, yeah. And, and that's the, that's the biggest, I think the, one of the biggest points is knowing a good deal from a bad deal because LoopNet is full of traps and, um, all these properties look, they look good, but if the numbers can't support the purchase price, then um, 
it, you can truly get into a bad deal. And on, on the other side, I don't think a lender is going to let that happen. They'll just require more, yeah. more money at closing and then you're even deeper into it. Um, have you done the BRRR method to where you're, uh, you're buying a property and uh, with an exit strategy to refinance or sell to get your equity back? We've done some properties that we actually did a, a great deal. Uh, it was probably, it was after this commercial one that we just talked about. It was a uh, duplex that popped up. It was at a really great price point. Even though we had were interested in, in the commercial thing, this was just a, a deal that popped up that we had to jump one. Yeah, we were able to to purchase the property at a pretty low down payment. It was a it was at a lower price point, but in a great area. Needed a lot of work. You know, we probably put twenty five thousand uh, dollars into the renovation, got the thing set up uh, as a rental property, uh, and then did a cash out refi for basically all the money we put in as a down payment plus all of the money we had put in as, uh, you know, basically to, to renovate it and pulled that out, was able to buy another property with that yeah. and have a, a cash flowing rental property. Uh, so yeah, we, we have done that. Um, you know, not, not one that we've lived in per se. I know a lot of people do that, but we did do that in that instance where it was something that could have been flipped, but yeah. made sense to hold on to as a, as a rental. And it was a good cash flowing property for us for a number of years. And essentially your return on investments, infinity, right? If you've pulled out all yeah. of this money that you've put into it, we're able to then buy another property with that money and have this cash flowing asset that you essentially own free and clear uh, was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's where things can get really fun with real estate is once you start seeing the, um, the return, you can get all your money back and then redeploy that into other assets and, um, and the process keeps moving forward. Absolutely. Um, very good. Uh, can you tell us uh, about some of the uh, the more unique properties that you own and manage? Yeah. So that first commercial residential property, like I said, it opened our eyes to just looking for value in places that most people don't see. You know, a lot of competition on a three-two single-family home. You're dealing with first-time home buyers and other investors, but when you can start to find niches and uh, value in properties that other people aren't looking at. You, you have way less competition. It, it really opens the door to acquiring and doing some, some cool uh, value add to, to properties that, you know, we're, we're big into our community. So some of the things that we do are, are very community focused, creating places that people want to come and spend time with their families and helping support local businesses. So probably a property that I think you know, kind of encapsulates the type of portfolio we have. We, we found this property during COVID that it was already had a diverse tenant pool. It had a bit of vacancy, but there was this bedrock tenant, this 30 year uh, ice cream shop that had been there, very prominent fixture in the community. And it gets tons of traffic during the summer. There was a yoga studio, but then it had all these kind of bizarre attributes. It had a handful of shipping containers, five 40 foot long shipping containers uh, at the end of it. It was a half acre property in this pretty dense, uh, you know, urban environment, which was a big lot uh, that just underutilized. And so yeah, during COVID, we just, we knew that outdoor dining options for people to be outside the ice cream piece already was getting tons of traffic because nice. people felt comfortable doing the, the walk up window thing. Yeah. And so through partnering with a local food truck, 
someone who's another pretty prominent business uh, in the area, we created a, a commercial kitchen that would support oh, nice. yeah, that would support his business there, but then also be a shared commercial kitchen that other food so, trucks could use. It's a ghost kitchen. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, and then we created this really nice outdoor uh, seating area with some uh, kind of pavilions and a fire pit and. So it was great for his business because now he's got a, a nice area with some outdoor seating, uh, the shared kitchen, which was needed for him to be able to operate also provided this really interesting revenue stream where other food trucks need a licensed kitchen to be able to operate. We started having a revolving list of food trucks that wanted to come and serve at the property. Some very you know famous food trucks in the, in the Baltimore area uh, were coming weekly, monthly, we were putting on events. Um, yeah, the shipping containers turned out to be somehow our first foray into like the self-storage avenue. Nice. So we, yeah. So it just, this, this property, um, yeah, it, uh, it opened our eyes to all different types of yeah. ways that you can leverage real estate. Right. Uh, and it, it's been a ton of fun. It's been a great thing for the community. It's done great for us from a cash flow standpoint, you know, and so it's, it's been a really a win-win-win, and that that's what we we try to look for when we're looking at deals. Not something that's just going to make money, or you know, it it is something that's going to be a benefit to the community and serve us well, serve other local businesses well who need a great place to operate, and and that that for us is is when you're hitting the home run. Yeah, and that's the creative piece of real estate: being able to, to visualize something that's not there, and uh, and then saying what is the highest and best use of this building or this yeah. piece of land, and uh, you know, what's going to, like you said, serving the community, serving the others, adding a, uh, a map dot on the, uh, on there for uh, people to come and visit. It's huge. That's a, uh, sounds like a great piece of, uh, property. Plus it gets yeah. you into self-storage and, uh, and a whole nother asset class. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, how do you decide to leverage your experience, uh, to, from a, to a property management company? So as we started developing a portfolio, bringing on more and more units, in the beginning, running around like crazy, doing the things that a lot of people do when they start out, picking up paper checks and fielding every call yourself. And, and there got to a point where our portfolio had started to scale that we really wanted to just systemize, make this more of a legitimate business, uh, air gap ourselves a bit from the day-to-day -day operations and leverage technology, right? Uh, electronic leasing, electronic payments, uh, maintenance requests. So there was a point a number of years ago that we just decided, okay, as we continue to scale our portfolio, we want to do so in a professional way. We want to build these systems and processes that aren't so reliant on our bandwidth. And as we did that and saw the fruit of it, uh, how much better it served our tenants, how much better it was for, I mean, you name it, the the financial reporting, the uh, yeah. just the electronic rent payments, how much, when you make it easier, you make that barrier lower, people pay rent quicker. Yeah. All of those things worked so well for us that it started to make sense for us to offer that to third parties. You know, there's a lot of people who bootstrap it and do the, you know, self-manage route, which, which we did starting out. But if you give them a good option and make it uh, be able to provide that same level of service. There are a lot of people that that own properties either that they inherited or they've owned for 30 years that that that's a service that they're looking for. So we started to offer that. And it's just been a, a really 
great additional way to engage in the community, serve these properties um, that, yeah, the owners are just at a point where they they don't want to manage anymore. And maybe they've been managing more passively and uh, so being more actively involved in helping them get good tenants into their properties, making these properties, uh, you know, we, we get involved in helping kind of from a consulting standpoint, making recommendations as to how to best improve the properties. We've even getting involved with helping renovate, getting things freshened up to, to attract and land new tenants. So yeah, it, it, it made a lot of sense for us to leverage the things that we had learned in these systems uh, that we had developed to, to really leverage that into a service that we could provide other people. Yeah. And you're right. It's um, the, the tenants, they, they appreciate it. They have a place where they can uh, do maintenance requests and um, you, you develop a CRM to where you can, you can track your payments and know who's, who's on time, who's not. You can offer other methods of payments, such as credit cards, ACH, mm-hmm. um, other things that might not have been there before. Um, property management though, that, that is the key element to, um, uh, to being successful in this business, whether you're doing it on your own uh, or hiring somebody. If you're hiring somebody, then you become an asset manager, making sure that your expenses are being managed and maintained appropriately. Um, if you've got someone else in control of the funds, cash in, cash out, and that property manager is um, in charge of those funds and they're, they're doing a maintenance request and um, they're paying the bills, uh, we've seen bills come in that that uh, weren't necessarily justified. Um, Might have been at the time, but what have we done something different? Maybe, uh, but it's it's you gotta you gotta weigh it out. It's gotta be a balance because um, at the same time you're trusting your property manager to to make those calls for you, um, and you guys are in charge of the uh, the net operating income, which is the value of the property. Um, so if you're if you're skilled like you are, you understand that, and you could raise the value of the property substantially. Versus the owner not knowing how to do that. They just want the property to be there. So um, property management is extremely important and uh, you've got a huge role. Yeah. And um, I think you, you really nailed it there. And, and for folks who maybe just starting out that the power of commercial real estate over your standard residential right? a residential property is worth the couple of houses down the street that have sold in the past six months that are comparables, that's, that's the value of your property, right? But you nailed it with, with commercial property, the ability to, to improve that net operating income on that property, you, you can do immediate value add and, and increase the, the value of that property just by having it operate better. Yeah. And it's, it's worth it's net operating income, um, right? A multiple of its net, audit, net operating income. And that to me is just another one of the many benefits of, of going the commercial route is if you take pride in what you do and you want to see this thing be successful, every time you can increase that, that rent roll and decrease your expenses, you're literally increasing the value of the property as well as your monthly cash flow. And that's kind of a just a double whammy, I guess, as far as uh, the value. Yeah, in commercial, we don't care about the the, the declining value of houses. We um, our valuation comes from income. It's a it's a business. It's uh, and that's how other commercial lenders they'll, they'll pull comps on other commercial assets and see what they're going for, what they sold for. Uh, but it all comes down to how how the company is performing as a business. Um, so you get uh, another uh, another bonus here for being in real estate. Um, all right, bonus question: How would you recommend someone just starting out to get started investing in real estate? I, yeah, I mean, we touched on it earlier. If, if you're in the very beginning, I think the house hacking, it, 
it makes a ton ton of sense if you've got a desire to do interior renovation type work uh, that you could buy a property that's potentially undervalued you can get in there do some work to it uh, you can if it's got potential rental income like the one that we uh, purchased uh, that's you know a great benefit or you know even doing what we talked about the burr get in there you can buy it renovate it, um, either, you know, refinance it, you could sell it and get into something a little bit bigger, but, you know, there are a lot of benefits to the residential financing route, uh, for a beginner. And so trying to just view real estate in general, uh, versus like, this is my dream home. This is, you know, maybe stepping back from the emotional side of things and saying, how can I leverage this asset? Right. If, if I've got this, uh, residential single family home, how can I best leverage this, for my financial uh, future and trying to view it from that paradigm, I think, and looking for opportunities in the properties that you're looking at versus how big of a house can I afford with this, with you know my monthly income, uh, that to me is is the first you know step for someone who's interested. Yeah, you're a hundred. If if I could do it all over again, and yeah. you, my family be moving into a fourplex, and <laughs> that, okay. that would get me prime to pump to get it started. And you can afford more if you're, uh, if you're doing that route, you can afford to, to pay market rate yeah. uh, versus an investor who doesn't want to pay market rate because the property, they're just buying the cash flow, and it would be a negative cash flow if they bought it. But now you hit it on point. Um, Jesse, we truly appreciate you coming on. If a listener wants to get a hold of you, how can they reach out? Yeah. So if you're interested in just discussing real estate, interested in property management and some of the things that we do, you can find us at seavilleprops.com or find us on Facebook at Seaville Properties LLC. Uh, Happy to talk, uh, answer any questions or to help you out from a property management standpoint if you need it. Awesome. Jesse, your inspiration. We appreciate you coming on and I'm sure we will talk soon. Thanks. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Bye. State Hustler podcast. We're going to be talking with Jeffy Stump, founder of Seville Properties. Jesse began his real estate investing journey in two, 2013 when he and him and his wife purchased a duplex on the other side of town and held it into their, their previous primary residence as a rental. Over the next decade, Jesse began developing a diverse portfolio of residential and commercial and multifamily properties. Jesse's achieved financial freedom just before his 40th birthday and is now excited about what his life can look like as he begins to scale back on his nine to five job. Jesse, we're, we appreciate you coming on talking with us. If you could, please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, so we started out, like you said, in, in our bio in um, it's 2013. We had just had our, uh, our son, you know, we were looking for a bigger house and a, and a better school district like most people. And as we were beginning our search, uh, we had just kept seeing this really quirky house on the other side of town. Um, if you can envision it, it literally looked like someone plopped a 2006 apartment on top of like a 1950s uh, single family home. And, you know, it'd been on the market about a year and we just couldn't get our minds around it. And, um, I just thought more and more about it and the gear started to turn. You know, I thought if we could rent this nice apartment out and move into this lower level, renovate it, uh, make it our own, this could be a really awesome thing for us. It, it kind of precipitated the, the thought of then, well, we could hold on to our single family home uh, as a rental that we're moving out of. And 
could be a really great way to, to upgrade our living situation and really drastically reduce our living expenses. Um, so it was a higher price point than we were looking, but it, it was became feasible uh, because of that rental income. Yeah. And so that was really the beginning for us. That, that was the light bulb, uh, just the power of real estate and how you can leverage it. Um, the rental income benefits uh, that really got us started. And you can, um, you can use the, um, the other tenants income with your income and really qualify for a bigger, uh, bigger starter house or duplex quad, uh, which is a, just another huge, huge way of getting in and um, uh, creating passive income and a free place to stay house hacking. Yeah, um, absolutely. So and that was, we, we did that. And, you know, I've since uh, become a big fan of bigger pockets podcast, listen to it, you know, they use that term a lot, but we, we had done it and it, it made sense before I had really even knew what, what the word was 